Is there an echo in the room? I feel like it's uh, it's it's a little empty. In it here. is a little empty. There's just there's there's uh, yeah, we're pouring one out for the brother Wayne here tonight. Yep. Once we were four, then we were three, and now we are two. Should we let them all know? I think we should let them know. Vince has um, decided to go on walkabout. <laughs> Says he's got some curling to take care of. David and I are gonna keep the show together, though. We do our best. We're gonna we're gonna go someday. The only someday David will be hosting Eleven O'clock Comics by himself. Oh shit! And <laughs> like in like year twelve. <laughs> so you and I have like good like four and a half year run together as a duo until we get to that point. Which is yeah, uh, we Sonny and share it, Captain and Tennille it. That's right. Oh. Just the two of us. <laughs> we I'm can not, make it if we try. I, I, I'm not gonna reuse that this time, though, folks. No, no. If if people are paying attention to their calendars, then uh, of course we're kidding. We're still a trio, power trio. But uh, our, our 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 regularly scheduled producer and uh, and and third leg of the stool, Mister Vince B, is uh, bettering himself yet again, doing his. Uh, I guess it's twice annually, right? His, yeah. His, his twice annual week where he. Uh, he bails on us and takes off from uh, work and family to go to uh, to get a higher education. He's on one of his weekly um, master's degree, um, week-long uh, residences, or whatever he calls it. And uh, he's hard at work uh, doing the arts. We Draw- love him drawing for and it. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So David is uh, carrying the baton tonight as our producer. So, so much love to him for that. Thank you. And also, any technical difficulties of any kind are solely the responsibility of Mr. David A. Price. Yeah, why not? Why I'm not? Just the talent, just the pretty face. That's it. That's it. That's it. And uh, sp- speaking of pretty faces, who who are you? I am David A. Price, as you said, and you are. I'm L. Ron Hubbard. Oh snap! No, See now, I'm- how did I? How was I able to to? connect to you then because you're in hiding you you just you know you well, don't I'm, 
This is over the internet. Uh, it's dark web. I, I, I've got a, I, my signals bouncing over four different proxy servers across four different continents. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can talk comics because... I'm you have a- all that money from not paying taxes. Oh, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Plus, I get a big fat... I get I get 5% of every movie that Tom Cruise does. That's... Which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, I was... I, was, I had a stiffy when I saw the previews of the new Mission Impossible movie because I was just like, oh, yeah, Daddy needs a new yacht. <laughs> Much love. <laughs> Oh, that's nuts. I mean, Travolta's kind of good for nothing. He means well. But all he does is spend our, our church's money on stupid movies like that Starship Earth. But that but was... Cruise, Cruise is an earner. Well, Battlefield Earth. Earner. Yeah, Battlefield Earth. Whatever. Oh, yeah. I, see, I forgot the name. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. <laughs> but Cruise, he's my earner. He he rakes the dough. Oh, it's sick. Yeah. He makes me so much money. Ain't no corner boy. No, no. And plus, I have a lot of, I have a lot of lesser known... Celebrity minions that people don't think of that that rake in the dough too residuals and whatnot. It's great. You never know. Might be the guy yeah. right next to you. Never know. You never know. No, I'm not L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> you can't do it I, yourself. I, I am Jason Wood. What's up? <laughs> oh, what a mess. Yes, hot mess. Hot mess. That's how we do though. Mm-hmm. But you know what's not a hot mess? What? Discount comic book service. Oh, yeah. That's right. We are proud to call our friends the Merklers and their awesome company, Discount Comic Book Service, our, our, our sponsors. Uh, as, as always, as has been the case every episode for seven years now. Uh, so if you are a comic book fan and money can get tight, right? I mean, a oh, lot yes. of us. You know, money gets tight. It's tax season. Everyone's got to write their tax bill. So uh, probably out of, well, I guess some people might be getting refunds, in which case I hate you. But, you know, a lot of people owe taxes or have to pay quarterly taxes, what have you, and money's a little tight. Uh, Maybe you're saving up for a spring break trip with your family, maybe a a summer vacation. But how are you going to save money if you have to spend full retail prices on comics every week? You can't. No, you can't. But we have the solution for you. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. They are uh, one of the largest comic retailers in the world. And they have gotten there through uh, hard work and awesome customer service. They allow you to order any comic or basically anything you can find in previews each month uh, from their site. Uh, You can have your stuff shipped uh, as often as weekly, which is how I do it. And as infrequently as monthly, you can also do bi-weekly. Everything comes wonderfully packaged and safe. I would say of probably a few hundred orders over the years, I've maybe had one or two packages that were a little damaged and, and never was through their fault. And and they pack things so well with that styrofoam and everything that you, you, the interior contents are never at risk. So uh, they are awesome. But, but ultimately, this is all about the Skrilla. Uh, you can save a ridiculous amount of money by ordering your comics and other goods from DCB service. Uh, discounts run from 35% off, which I think is the standard discount, all the way up to 50, sometimes 65% off. And in fact, on special occasions, even 75% off cover price. Damn. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, this month, because the, the list is up, and I know Vince is jealous because he usually loves it when the list is finally up for the next month. But um, there are uh, all the new DC post-convergence uh, comics are available at 50% off a piece. Um, are you going to try any of those? I, I absolutely am. I, um, I, have, uh, I have a few already um, queued up. And, and this is – actually, I've read an article, and I'm going to link to it probably on, on the Facebooks. But it, mm-hmm. uh, it was along the lines of basically this first week of convergence, convergence is for those of you or us that hate or hated the start of the New 52. Right, right. Yeah, so so I I uh, I'm pretty stoked. I, I'm looking. I mean, I we'll see what convergence is about. I mean, that's that's its own thing. But th- this is uh, this month we're getting the the post convergence launches, and I'm going to definitely try the new Justice League. I'm going to try um, the new Doctor Fate. Certainly, Omega Men, which is written by our boy Tom King. Uh, I can't pass up Starfire because it's the uh, it's the Connor Palmiotti powerhouse team that uh that's doing such a great job on harley quinn um uh and a bunch of others actually but they're all 50 percent off this month which is awesome um but there are even better deals to be had you and i are both huge mike zek fans oh correct? yes yes we will see him at heroes con incidentally hmm? well uh idw is done it again this month they are putting out a mike zek artist edition featuring uh his seminal marvel work and discount comic book service it's a steep steep discount it's um you can get it for about 40 dollars cheaper than you're going to be able to get it anywhere else on the internet and making my pockets emptier than normal a marvel has not one not two but three omnibuses this uh this month you've got the third volume of star wars which uh they're really banging these out. I think they're putting out like one every two months. So they're, they're really milking the, uh, the the Star Wars relaunch. More power to them. Uh, there is a uh, a um, uh, there's a Shield omnibus. Oh, which, that's right. Yes. Yeah, which is the uh, they're calling it the Shield Complete Collection. And I don't have the list of everything that's in it, but it's got the Stranko stuff. It's got a bunch of the early um, uh, uh, stuff that was in. Um, uh, you know that was uh, in the uh, um, you know post Duranko, uh, and I think it even had, goes up into the wonderfully beautifully painted uh, miniseries from what about fifteen years ago. Um, but it looks very cool, and that's that's fifty percent off. And then there is a uh, a werewolf by night on the bus. Wow, uh, which is also fifty percent off. So net net service dot com discount comic book service. They will get you your comics super cheap, any way you want, fast, reliably shipped. And um, when you place your order, if you are a first-timer, although I would imagine most of you probably are already customers, for those of you that uh, do finally heed our recommendation and join this month, uh, let them know that uh, we referred you because it's always nice to uh, hear from them that we drive business their way because they certainly have always been great to us. Absolutely. Yeah. And extremely we welcoming. I mean, even when we see them at, at a convention, they're just they're they're the kind of people you do want to hang out with. So it is really nice to see business owners just be like that, be and 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 treat not just their their friends but their customers that way. It, it's it's nice. 
Absolutely. What are you drinking? What am I drinking? Well, you know, I've been I've been going the Vince route the last few. Weeks. Yeah, I know, I know. Just, and doing the um, sorry, I dropped the mic there, and doing the uh, the non alcoholic thing. But since we're having a special boo episode, I uh, busted out a little Sterling Vintners Collection Meritage. Ah. Uh, I've talked about it before. This yes. one is fifty two percent Merlot, aka Merlot, twenty seven percent Cab. 9% Malbec, 6% Cab Franc, and then a little smidge, 6% of uh, Petit Verdot. Uh, it's it's very, very nice. Uh, my wife would be livid to know that I opened it because it's the last bottle we have in the house of this. But uh, we can always restock. So. That is How about true. you? You drinking, boo? Uh, I am. This is uh, an old favorite, Redwood Creek. Uh, this is actually their Malbec. Oh, nice. Mendoza Malbec. It is a, uh, the the Redwood Creek is from, um, actually, well, this has a product of Argentina because obviously it's, it's a, it's Malbec, but it, um, but the winery is based out of, uh, out of California. It is, it's, it's, it's nice. It's got a, um, it's not softer than their Merlot, but it is a, um, it doesn't. It lingers for just the, the right amount of time. Doesn't overstay its welcome, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's nice to to go down like I am. So it, it is a uh, <laughs> yes. It's, it's very uh, it it's tasty, and I had it with a steak tonight. So it's um it was a good yeah. pairing. Now now wait, I before we move on, I have to ask you something though. Does it? I mean, do you have to let it linger? No cranberry. You never do. Uh-huh. You never um, Half of our audience is like, "What the hell are you what the fuck, about? dude?" Oh, they're, they're, those are the ones that are still around. Um, the uh, I don't know if I I I want to say that I did thank this person uh, a while ago when she sent the um, the latest volume of this is me grabbing it, um, Menage Three. But I need to thank um, Giselle for not only sending the sixth volume. Of Menage Three, but also Sticky Dilly Buns, which is a spinoff, and Sandra on the Rocks, which is another spinoff of the whole um, Menage Three universe, we'll call it. Um, but this this arrived a while ago, and and um, as always, I, I definitely appreciate it. We we know pretty much that uh, Menage Three is my webcomic of the year, just about any year, and um, and and I saw the the books here. And I wasn't sure if a few weeks ago if I did say thank you. So this is me reminding myself to say thank you. Awesome. And while we're at it, I just want to send a quick uh, happy birthday. Uh, today, it's, well, by the time people hear this, it'll be two days late, but it is the week of. Happy birthday to our buddy, Daryl Taylor. Yes. You know so, whose uh, birthday is tomorrow? Uh, I th- I should have. I should know this, I'm sure, but re- who, remind me. It is Mr. Julian Lytle. Oh, snap. And Rick Gordon. Tomorrow. Oh my goodness! Wow, podcasting uh, legends we're talking about here. Brothers well, happy birthday to uh, to them both. Indeed, I will know by, by the time oh. by the time people are hearing this episode, I will have known that it was Julian's birthday and will have wished him happy birthday. Absolutely, thanks to the power of of calendars. But as we're recording, you caught me unawares. Well, and um, happy birthday to my mother in law. Oh. That's nice. That your dad, your dad lost his mind today. 
<laughs> Renee was like, pardon? Right? <laughs> just, but, uh, yeah, that, um, uh, that escalated quickly. The, uh, yeah, it's a hot button issue. It, we probably it, shouldn't get too into it. No, it, it, I, I mean, matter, we're all, it's, I, I get where dad's coming from. I think this time though, it was, he was, he was two days late with, yeah, with, exactly. With, with exactly. where he was, he was taking that like typical conservative stance to all of these things. Like, yes. And, this is the wrong one to do that with. Right. Like already, like, you know, you, maybe exactly like 48 hours ago, you might've been like, all right, whatever. But right. yeah. anyway, uh, let's talk comics. Let's man. do that. It's been, you know, I, I, I said today on Facebook that I'm, I'm looking forward to some good old fashioned straight up comic book talk. And, and that's not, that's not to say we don't do that on the regular, but it, it seems to me, I, last week we had Scotty on and it was fantastic. Uh, love listening to, I'd say talking to, but I love listening to Scotty, um, <laughs> and uh, and and we'll be seeing him soon in in a few weeks as well. But it's it's um, last week was fun, and there have just been a few episodes here and there where we just haven't really kind of just hunkered down and and rolled up our sleeves and talked about some of the things we've been reading. So um, no doubt. No doubt. that that is where my my mind was, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to hear Vince talk about Spawn. Again, this week. <laughs> Darn it. Ah, uh, shit. And, uh, and, and we should probably just ruin everything that has to do with Valiant and, uh, yes. and Spider-Man for him. But exactly. we won't. One of our listeners is upset about the spawn, and that's, that's <laughs> Raphael Sands. And I'm sure that, he and Vince will talk about it on the Facebooks anyway. So Definitely. Uh, but it's uh no, it, it's, it's, we've, we've been doing, I think we've been doing a lot of reading lately. Um, for sure. And, you know, uh, I would say it's, uh, I mean, you know, we, we haven't had an episode where we just chatted comics in a long time. And, and I blame I blame Vince. You know, he's all I about would. the bells and whistles. Always. He's always about, oh, who can we get as guests? Who can we do big time? <laughs> what kind of special What kind of special talking points can we have tonight? <laughs> you know, sometimes it's nice just to peel the back, you know, just, just chill. Put some, some, some Sade on, maybe oh, some, yeah. some Enya. You know? Oh, let that Orinoco flow. Yeah, Orinoco flow, you know, and just, uh, you know, just, uh, just, just, just chat. You know? I do know. I do know. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I believe now, I, I know it's, I know it's in the, I know it's in the, the, the collection, but have you, have you read the Avengers Rage of Ultron yet? No. Damn it to hell. I know. It looks, dude, that. I was looking at some. Of the, I was looking at the first few pages, and and there's a lot of um. Th- there's some opinion there that definitely reminds me, of of some uh, some Jack Davis, and 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 it, I don't it not, cartoonally, but it's just so, so, especially Captain America like running across, the um, running across the field. I don't know why the figure just makes me think of Jack Davis, but. That the opinion art I was I was checking out is smoking. Oh my god, yeah! And then Pepe Larraz is on art too in the, in the book. Yes. Well, well, I mean, we could say, we, we'll talk about it once you read it, but it's uh, it's interesting. I don't. Uh, it's an it's an original graphic novel, right? Which uh, is unusual for the Marvels, and it is a story in continuity. Okay. And it's definitely now. I, I'm going to assume that they turned this into OGN because it's Ultron centric and it. Timing wise, lines up with the new movie, right? But this is definitely in six one six continuity, current continuity actually, um, with the current lineup, and 
Um, so it's interesting. I, I don't. I mean, this this certainly will not line up with the cinematic universe in terms of the story that we're getting because I think as as has been disclosed through the movies, the creator of Ultron in the movies is Tony Stark. Yes. And uh, in this, it's very much the story of Hank Pym and Ultron and a father son. And this is and, and this is Rick Remender writing it. Yeah, it's Remender writing it. That it's right, exactly. Uh, and we can't forget Mark Morales on inks for both Jerome and Pepe, um, who I, I who I I think I said this on on Twitter recently. I, I do think he is one of the le- the the the, the uh, far too underappreciated. Uh, uh, creators in in comics, the, you know, because not only do I do I think he's phenomenal at his job, but he inks a, a ton of of great pencilers, not just one. You know, he's not paired up with just one. He inks a lot of big books, in particular for Marvel, uh, like big you know books that are of consequence. And uh, he's so so good, and he's so so consistent and prolific. I mean, the dude hammers out work every month yep. of the highest quality. And he's a good guy. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I won't. <clears throat> I won't dive in then. I'm going to say that I really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the reason I think <clears throat> it uh, is interesting from a, a st- storytelling standpoint is it definitely takes place, um, kind of in a as an offshoot of Remender's work um, on like Uncanny Avengers, um, in particular the uh, the uh, you know the Ultron. Uh, you remember he they he Rick did an arc where there were a bunch of um, of super adaptoid like fa- it was a super adaptoid family remember like of uh, of different of different quasi humanoid uh, creatures that uh, all had different powers and uh, they were like the descendants they were called well they're in this um, uh, Titan the, the 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 eternal planet Titan is is in it um, we get a lot of Star Fox which is cool because. I always dug when Star Fox was an Avenger, yep. and he hasn't been around much in, in recent years, so he's in it. But uh, but what I what I mean by it's in current continuity, I, I thought when they first solicited this that this was likely some kind of story that Rick intended to do in Uncanny Avengers, but just again because of timing or the movie, they carved it out. But this had to be finished or at least updated very recently because you've got um, Sabretooth on the Avengers right. as, as a um, – you know the post. Uh, what's the term? I forget the term. Post, uh, um, um, oh, the inverse. Yeah, right. Post inversion. You've got uh, Falcon Cap in his Cap costume. So this is all very recent stuff. This isn't you know something that they're that was a few years ago and they're just trying to 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 make work. So um, fun stuff. Action packed. Uh, I think very true to the roots of the character in the sense of Ultron being created by Hank and and, and arguably. Hank's greatest achievement and his greatest failure all at once. Um, so uh, good stuff. I look forward to you delving into it, and then we can uh, circle back on it. Uh, so yes, uh, but a nice package, a hard, you know, hardcover OGN uh, for twenty four ninety nine cover price. So yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. So why don't you pick something that you read, and hopefully I read it. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I believe. You have read the second issue of Spider Gwen. I have, yes. Okay. Did you read the third? I have not. Okay. Um, but we have issues one and two done, and uh, it is still um, the 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 second issue, which I'm looking for. Uh, it's um, 
it does it takes us after the the cliffhanger from the first issue, which was of course um, uh, Gwen being um, hooked on to uh, the vulture. But um, this issue, she kind of has a, a somewhat of a fever dream. She's she's got her own little Jiminy Cricket, and and uh, in the mm-hmm. form of um, Peter Porker, the spectacular yeah, Spider Ham, and, uh, and and so she's having a lot of conversations with herself, but um, in the form of of having a conversation with uh, with Spider Ham, and and we flesh out a little bit more of um, of her universe in in the sense that we get a little bit more of. Um, Matt Murdock of Frank Castle, uh, the um, and and the uh, and Wilson Fisk. So all of this is going. There's a lot. I, I mean, Latour and 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 Robbie just jam so much, and it, and it's colored beautifully by Rico. But they just jam so much in on these pages in in between these covers because. You, I can flip through and go around page to page, but there's there's Gwen talking to herself. There's the drama with the Mary Janes. There's Gwen's father trying to you know make sense of what's going on, and then he's got to deal with the other things going on at the precinct. So he's 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 got to watch Frank Castle over his shoulder. There's just so much, and it just it moves at such a great clip, and it doesn't feel like it's crowded. It doesn't feel like. A, like you're lost as as you're going through and and just it it sounds like there's a lot to make sense of but it really isn't they just it it's paced extremely well and and I uh it is it is still one of my favorite books and it's it's we're three issues in now and and it's still the book I have to read when it comes out Yeah I mean the um the uh Robbie's art is just awesome. It's so like in Rico's color. It's just I think visually this is such a stunning book. Um and, and I I it I don't know. It just it's one of those things where I just uh it, it makes me long for having Robbie, you know, having been doing Marvel stuff more, you know, more consistently for for a bunch, of, you know, already for a bunch of years. I wish we had a bigger catalog with which to have enjoyed his stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I think that, um, uh, it's, it's really interesting to me the way that, um, that Jason has crafted this, this Matt Murdock. It's really, really neat. <laughs> to, right. I mean, he, to see him, a little bit more of a badass than the Matt Murdock we're used to just the way absolutely. he carries himself. Well, yeah. I mean, and he's, he's, he's violent and yeah. And uh, almost sadistic, and his 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 cane's got a sword in it instead mm. of, a set of uh, you know batons. It's just uh, it's neat. It's neat. Um, so yeah, no, I thought this issue was strong, uh, and, and I am absolutely smitten by the fact that the Frank Castle of this uh, universe uh, looks just like you. <laughs> which uh, which uh, so I'm going to insist that somehow, some way, Robbie Robbie sells you one of these pages um like there's one without any spidey characters of frank sitting uh, at a bar talking to another guy yes and uh i mean i bet that page probably wouldn't set us back too much and it could you could put it on your wall and just say that robbie drew you into a spider-man comic 
I, be awesome. I, that would be awesome. I would be fine with that. Um, I know. I know. The uh, there is towards the end of the second issue, as as um, as George is walking down uh, the street, we see posters for the Mary Janes. But I didn't. I don't think I noticed this before. But one of the other bands is uh, Felicia Hardy and the Black Cats. Mm-hmm. And it's just little things like that that uh, I just. I am really keen on, I've always been a fan of what if, and to see a whole universe where we're familiar with the names, they just not might, they may not um, match the, the personality or, or the character that, uh, that we're used to, but um, to see where uh, timelines diverged a bit or, you know, who obviously this Matt Murdock is not on the side of the angels and um, whether this one doesn't look to be carrying around so much Catholic guilt. And we, um, I don't know if he's going to be in a costume, but as, as a lawyer, he's, he's pretty badass as it is. The, uh, um, the other characters are name dropped in the third issue, but it's not, it's also getting back to the pacing. It's, when characters are mentioned, characters that we're familiar with, um, we're not. It, it's not crowded. It's not. Uh, we're not getting uh, a slew of names dropped on us on each page. It just it it feels to me very organic. It's just a natural progression of of. The, we're fine, and we're also. It's not like there's any footnotes where you know watch out for this guy. It's just it it's people's names are dropped just matter of factly as if we're just in on the conversation already and and we don't need to um there isn't a lot of guesswork involved uh it, it's just um it's it's clever it looks amazing uh i am so in for the long haul this this is a book that i would absolutely love to have um in in paper form i would i would not wait for the hardcover i wouldn't wait for the collection i would want this um each and every month as it comes out no doubt, no doubt. What else we got? Well, did you? Um, did you, so, well? I was gonna say we can't. I guess we can't talk about uh, the Valiant right until Vince gets back. Uh, well, his note did say um, we could talk about whatever, and if there's anything that that he needs to touch on, that that we absolutely can. Um, I would not. Uh, begrudge him his opportunity to to praise. Uh, I the only new Valiant. Actually, that's not true. I did read Divinity Number Two. I did finish the Valiant, and that's actually that that is the Valiant is one thing we should all wait for all three of us to be here. Uh, oh, well, then that's all I could talk about. I, I oh, okay. I, I read the Valiant one through four. Well, through two through four, because uh, I know you guys had been waiting for me to do that, but uh, I I have not read any other recent Valiant stuff, at least in a, a month or two. So I did, I did read Ninjak number one, right. right. Um, which is by, um, Mr. Matt Kent, naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you have art by actually there's, we're, we're looking at multiple, not multiple. There are, um, you have, uh, Clayman is your penciler. 
Seth Man is on inks, and um, they're... What's interesting is that the cover also lists um, Butch Geis on, on the credits, and I'm thinking maybe he's just the... Um, he did the first page, because um, it's it's a... Um, well, maybe not. It's weird, because it, the first page is are scenes from a movie. So I'm not... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. There is... This is what bugged me. This is the one part that did bother me about this issue. Um, there's a backup story called, called The Lost Files. Uh, that is still written by Kent. That is where we see Butch's art. Um, and so, so you get two stories in this first issue. I would have liked to have had the first story um, fleshed out a little bit more. Um, it, it did end rather abruptly. It, it was a little short for my tastes. Uh, it, it looks amazing. But we're also, um, and I need to talk to Vince about this because I'm not sure if this is an old Valiant thing or if this mm-hmm. is this is new, but um, when uh, Neville shows up to bring some information to um, to Ninjack, uh, there are files for other ninjas and they're Ninja A through Ninja K. So it's not that he's Ninjack, it's just that he's just like Wolverine. Weapon X, Weapon 10, so it's it's Ninja K, because he's, he's talking to Neville and he's like, wait, there's a is a Ninja A, and um, and and Neville's like, well, there there was, but um, we're not. I'm not here for that. So it's um, that's a neat twist. If it's if it's new, I, I th- if it if that's new, then kudos to Mister Kent because I never thought of that and uh, and and or or that being applied. Um, if it isn't new, then it's, it's new to me, and I'm still going to give Matt Kent props. But it, it's it's. Uh, it's it's a real good looking first issue. I just um, my personal preference. I would have liked more of that first story. Um, I would have just like more of it. It 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 ended. It was a little short for me. It, it it may not have ended abruptly, but just when I was getting comfortable with with these creators working together, telling this story, it was over. And and it was like it 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 it's like me looking for. Um, looking for the purpose of, of the kids' movie. I'm sitting around looking under my seat trying to see that where, where the hell things went. But it's... it's um, I recommend it. it. It's a good first issue. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I feel like uh, we almost can't go a week without uh, praising Valiant. Uh, and that's uh, pretty unfathom- unfathomable if you think about it a few years ago, right? I mean, they're like the little engine that could because... It's not like they put out a ton of books. I mean, it really is just that they have a very high hit rate of late in terms of the quality of their books. You're right. So, uh, tell me, though, please tell me that you uh, read the second issue of Descender. I did! Yes! Thank you. Finally. Finally hit one. It's like baseball season. We're batting (laughs) batting 333. Um, Well, first of all, uh, what did you think? I thought the storytelling was pretty damn neat. The uh, almost everything. It, 
almost every page was like a full page with the way the I don't right. even want to call them right. panels, but the way you had present day and flashback and and the we know Tim's origin and it was just it was done in a way where you're not aware that you're you're learning you're you're watching character growth like right in front of you. You yes. just cuz cuz you have a character who's escaping harm but while that's happening um files are being uploaded and and memories are being accessed and we're 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 finding this out and it's it it was just an extremely well so again kudos to Lemire and and Dustin's art is just the we are in a really good place right now art wise between this between all new Hawkeye and Perez between between Robbie's work on spy there's just it's it's very hard for me to be unimpressed with art lately it, it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah no I agree uh, I, I was really blown away by that first issue and I thought this was a strong follow up uh, you know we were introduced to Tim 21 in the first issue but in the context that uh, you've got a, a futuristic galactic group of planets and as we talked about 10 years prior to the where the story starts uh, essentially this, Lemire's version of, of Celestials for Marvel fans showed up at the nine big planets and laid waste to them and then they disappeared and uh, now we're 10 years later and it's uh, it, as a result of what happened with that with that devastation the remaining survivors of this Planetary Galactic Council uh, essentially had genocidal laid waste to to all the artificial life forms that they had become so used to. I think they said they laid waste to ninety percent or so of of the artificial life that was out there. But but Tim Twenty One is 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 in a, a, a way off in the deep outskirts of on some mining planet, and uh, it's not very inhabited. So he's he's survived to this point, and uh, he came to. And unfortunately, his family, his human family that he was designed to uh, interact with is, is dead. And he doesn't know what's going on. And when he awakens, it signals to uh, the powers that be that he is, in fact, still alive. And it turns out that Tim's little Timmy, his, his, his code uh, essentially is the same, almost like DNA. His codex is, is a match to the... Uh, to the giant robots that uh, that uh, laid waste, the harvesters that had uh, laid waste to the planets, uh, those nine planets, ten years ago. So, how is that possible? How is how is Timmy? You know, is is he a descendant? Is are they somehow from the the future and came back and they're evolved from him? We don't know any of that. And so, like you said, Lemire pulls us. He pulls us in a different direction this this episode. I mean, the the, the connection between the first and the second issue is that. At the end of the first issue, landing on Timmy's planet is a group of of uh, alien, crazy-looking bounty hunters that are there to collect him. Yep. And so this issue, Timmy is is fleeing and trying to keep himself from out of harm's way from said mercenaries and bounty hunters. Uh, and and as you noted, he's thinking back to his creation by Doctor Quan, to his flight from from. Dr. Kwan's labs through space to this planet to meeting the little boy who he was designed to be his best friend. And 
actually becoming um, you know a real part of their family. They celebrate his birthday. They let him have sleepovers with the son. They hug him and tell him they love him. I mean, he really does become a member of their family yeah. in a way that uh, is very touching. And you know, if you think about Lemire, whether he's writing Green Arrow or he's doing a story about uh, a, a kid uh, in, in Canada or he's doing a story, uh, you know, about a, a post-apocalyptic boy with antlers, or in this case, he's doing a story about a uh, an android. Um, He's so good at getting us to care about the protagonist in his books. Uh, he really does create a, dim- a multi-dimensional character that we genuinely emotionally root for. And, and that's not easy to do. And he can do it consistently. So I do think that's one of his super fa- superpowers. So I won't spoil the second issue, other, you know, but I will say that uh, I got them feels, man. I, I, I'm... I'm dejected by how we're left at the end of this issue. I, I hope there's more to the story. I suspect there is a lot more, but uh, but it's got me biting my nails until we get the third issue to find out what's what what's what's going on here. Yeah, definitely. Um, because it, at, at no point, aside from the flashbacks, aside from the origin story, we, we don't see the Doctor at all. We don't see anything happening back, aside from Tim and these bounty hunters, um, everybody else we were introduced to in the first issue, we don't see. And um, I I hope, and I trust them, but I hope that uh, that we're not going to focus on the Doctor all next issue and then wonder, we, we have 60 days to wait to find out what the hell's going on with him. Um, I don't know if we're going to be picking up right where the second issue ended, but it's um, it's it definitely didn't feel like the first issue did as far as storytelling goes but it it uh and it's the kind of issue that you probably get later on as um after characters are established and you may want to wonder you know where they came from but this uh this worked just because of how how the first issue ended what happened at towards the end of the first issue and where um and where the main character in this book um where he was in at this point and it just it worked. It, it was a good time for this this story and, and this issue to uh, to take place. So um, um, I didn't expect the second issue to be like this after we had the first, but it was. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got it. It was it was a great issue. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, these guys seem to be really in sync here, and it's exciting to know that. Uh, I, I know we're fans of the the Hellboy model. We talked about it with Scotty last week, but. But I'm excited that this isn't that. That this is a long form, almost I want to say Vertigo esque, in terms of uh, we got used to these long form Vertigo runs for a good ten plus year period, and that's what we have here, right? It's gonna. I think they said it's gonna go around sixty ish issues if things go well, and based on the sales of the first and second issues, I, I would imagine that they'll be able to do their sixty issues, and sales won't be a, a gating factor there. So it's exciting stuff. It is. It's awesome. Absolutely. Um, all right, back at you, salvoing it back your way. All right, I'm going to um, I'm going to pivot. It's uh, this oh. one. This one you probably did not read, um, but I just I want to get it out of the way so that it's not um, it's not clogging up my spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> spreadsheet, you're so cute. <laughs> it's not really a spreadsheet, but I just threw it out there. Um, this is uh, this is Justice League numbers. 35 through 39. 
Oh, okay. And uh, this was the uh, nifty little story, uh, the Amazo virus. And uh, and and the first issue, the prologue from issue thirty-five is actually um, it's all written by Jeff Johns. First issue thirty-five is pencils by uh, Doug Monkey and uh, Ivan Yvonne Race, and it is um and and the usual anchors uh, Christian Alame, Keith Champagne, uh, Mark John Irwin, Ray McCarthy, Joe Prado, and it's it Damn, is it's a whole mess of people. It is, yeah. Late, I don't. I'm guessing Doug is extremely fast, and uh, the anchors just cannot keep up with him. Because Christian, I, I know, Homeboy personally, I know Christian, and, and he he seems to be um, Doug's de facto go-to anchor. And uh, But if, if, yeah, if Christian has run a little slow, you will usually have other anchors pitch in. Um, I don't know how Christian makes a living. I think that might be his wife's doing. Okay, because I was going to say, because dude doesn't even ink a whole book in it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe, I, maybe, maybe he's got a really great page rate. He, well, maybe, yeah. Um, but the first issue is, uh, I have, basically I have some questions, and it would be neat if, I'm not trying to do the, the whole compare and contrast, and, and well, this company does this. I just, I have not read an issue of Justice League since probably the second issue when the new 52 started. Um, so there are characters in this, in this first issue in issue 35 where um, I have no idea who this chick is with the green power ring. I have no idea. Um, I think they mentioned her name once, but her, her, her alter ego. I don't even know if I, I'm trying to remember if I even see her, her code name, but um, she's really not that important because she gets hit with the virus and is pretty much out through the entire arc. Um, the uh, there seems to be a hit out on Luthor, on Lex Luthor, and and, uh, and Luthor also knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. I don't know if he know he does not know that Clark is Superman, um, but somehow he knows that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. Um, because Wayne and and Luther are joining forces um, to make a better uh, metropolis, and and I guess to an extent Gotham City. Uh, Captain Cold is Luther's um, head of security, and and the Captain hmm. Cold in in this story is is um, I like him, and uh, as as the story goes on, uh, there's a moment that he shares with Wonder Woman um, that is. Actually, pretty neat and something I probably wouldn't mind seeing play out, depending on this version of of Wonder Woman. If this is the kind of um, character she is, because I haven't, I ne- I still haven't finished the Azarello Chang series volume, and I have not read anything from the Finches, so I don't know where Wonder Woman is right now. Um, but the well, uh, she, as far as I'm concerned, she died when Cliff and Ryan. <laughs> That's fine. I, I just I think my my issue of my last issue of their run was missing the last page where she died. Okay. That's, oh, so you didn't? Uh, I hate I hate not getting those final pages. Yeah, I know. I'm bummed. I would like to have known how she died, but she must have died because there's no Wonder Woman comic coming out right now. Right. No. Uh, so so there's a um, so there's a hit out. Oh, we meet Lex's um, sister who's who's in a wheelchair. Um, His name's Sex. No. <laughs> 
That would be awesome. <laughs> her, uh, her, her name is Alina. All right. And, uh, but while there's a, um, is this new to continuity? This is, I don't remember Alina from back in the day. Right. I was going to say, I've never, I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near the DC historian that you are. Uh, but I, I don't remember ever hearing of Lex having a sibling. No. Um, but, uh, Luther headquarters or, or the building gets attacked. Um, we find out that uh, that there is a, a bounty on on Luther's head, and Neutron is the one who broke into the building, and in doing so, um, he caused uh, Lena to be hurt. And there was a um, Luther's on his way to his his armor, um, but the explosion causes the uh the A13 virus to uh to be exposed to be airborne and this is known as we find out this is known as the um the amazovirus so this is Luther's own creation uh issue 36 through 39 is wonderfully illustrated um it is a gorgeous book uh by um Jason Fabok Fabuk? Oh yeah, Jason Fabok? Fe- Fe- Fabuk? Yeah. I'm going to say Fabok. Okay. Um F A B O K. It is right. um it it looks fantastic. And this was the reason why I decided to give these issues of Justice League a shot is because with um post convergence with uh with issue 40 41 you're going to have um uh Dark Side shows up at least from the covers I've seen for previews and which again, goes back to the first issue of Justice League, and I don't know what's going on since then, uh, but if it ties back to that, and since Jason is at least doing the art on this issue, I wanted to get a feel for... Um, Jason, Nation of jo- Nation of Jason's Domination. That Definitely. Um, if... Dude is majorly talented, but the only heroes... Ink himself? Or? Uh, yeah, because it says um, Mr. Brad Anderson is your colorist. Okay, cool. Um, the, uh, the only heroes not affected by the virus, uh, are Superman because Mm -hmm. he's not human, uh, Batman because he made it to his bat armor and, or his, actually his has bat suit as Robin referred Mm. to it. Uh, and, and Clark even comments that, um, now is this the same thing that we're seeing in Schneider's run? Uh, no, no, that, 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 um, rabbit Donnie Darko looking armor thing is not the same thing he's wearing here. This is basically just, a. um, this is, this looks like the kind of armor when, whenever a Batman movie comes out and they want to show different Batman costumes, like here's Arctic Batman, here's Underwater, that's what this armor reminded me of. Yes. Um, so Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, because she is also not human um they are not affected but you have aquaman who's affected captain marvel and this this is my major peeve i don't know who the hell redesigned shazam's outfit but it is hideous the the Mm. it just it looks ridiculous and um and this 
the Shazam is extremely, not immature, but he is definitely a kid in a grown-ass man's body. Um, like he wants to, he's talking about like wanting to have a pretzel or, or, you know, he's in the city. So I want to, you know, a dirty water dog. It's just, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know who this character is, but, um, there's, there's, uh, Neutron and, uh, Flash, Barry Allen, Cyborg, and, um, whoever the hell this Power Ring chick is. So the, these are the ones that are affected by the virus. And Luther is, is also safe, but he is, um, he's monitoring their vitals and he's trying to, Save everybody. Um, the uh, Steve Trevor is is in this. So most of the Eastern Seaboard and eventually America is um, is practically affected by this. Uh, they find patient zero so they can make a cure for this. Um, it looks like patient zero is going to be the new Amazo. Uh, by the time this is his name, Totes. His, 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 def, his name is definitely not Totes. Um, that would be awesome. It would be. It absolutely would be. Uh, the um, there's Batman does in fact get infected at one point. Um, he the Amazon virus allows humans to grants humans powers. Uh, usually, it's it's all it's it's not like Taskmaster, but they get the if if they see Superman flying, then they basically will themselves to fly. So now they have everybody becomes a meta, and, and whatever kind of hero is near them or, cool. or what what action they see, they can mimic. Um, Batman kind of grows wings. He's in he, he's in control of like echoes, so he can uh, he, he's uh, it's almost like Canary Sonic Scream, but it's 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 more like echolocation. Um, but uh, and if you are powered. You kind of get uh, depowered, like like Neutron, because of the uh, the radiation that gave him his powers. Because his powers, what was keeping him alive uh, or powered, was shutting down. Now he's got all these cancerous tumors uh, bulging out of um, out of his costume, and and he is he's pretty much on death's door. Um, but once uh, once they once our heroes cannot. Or, or succumb to the virus, uh, then they go and attack Spider oh, Spider Man, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Um, it, it it's it's a pretty neat story. Uh, it's it moved along at a pretty good clip. I'm not going to say that. Oh, it should have been like you know three issues. And it I I liked it. Um, it it was a uh, it looks great. Of course. Everybody wins at the end, but there are some some nifty little moments, like I was saying, with um, where Captain Cold is. He, he he's trying to save Lex at all at all moments, and and there's another hitman showing up. His name is Bullet. He's here to take out Lex, but Captain Cold gets the drop on him. Basically, turns him into an ice statue, um, and uh, and when Flash, Flash, I guess, wasn't as fast as he. Could have as he usually is, so Cold is actually able to freeze him. And at the end, there's a um, Captain Cold takes out his cell phone so he could take a picture because he'll never be able to let anybody believe that that, that he actually froze Flash still. While um, while there's that last standoff, Wonder Woman and Captain Cold are kind of back to back. And when she refers to him by name, he um. He makes the comment like, you know, it doesn't sound so bad when it's coming out of your mouth, and they kind of like smirk at each other, sort of, kinda. So I just, it was one of those neat little, um, like Wolverine 
Miss Marvel moments where, or Captain Marvel moments where, you know, you just, they actually are rough enough where they, something could happen and it wouldn't be some long-standing relationship, just one of those neat little things. Um, sure. It's a, uh, it was, it was a pretty cool story. I would, art alone, I would wholeheartedly recommend this. The, uh, when Luther's not able to come up with the antivirus from Patient Zero, from Amazo, he has to take it from Superman. And, um, of course, Clark doesn't think that there's been enough time or it was incubating in his system. And then Luther comes clean and says that you were exposed to the Amazo virus months ago. And, um, and, and so again, there's, there's, there's definitely... Does he say, balls? <laughs> just, no, he, it has, he doesn't come close to cursing. He's still, he's still a damn kid. But the, uh, um... Luther still has his motives that he does hold everybody hostage and um, to uh, because he did create this virus and he created it. The reason he created the um, the A13, the reason this experiment was going on is because he was knowing that um, the world is, is being overrun by metahumans. Um, and if any of those metahumans do go bad, um, it looked like this virus, this 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 chemical, was kind of just meant to castrate anybody with a power, so that if they if they were able to break out of prison, what the hell go to prisons for? But if we can basically negate their powers, then they can just be a prisoner. Um, but because he created this and he let this loose, um, when you think about it, he was when you think just when you think he's going to get his comeuppance, uh, he holds everybody hostage and in order for him to cure people um he needs to know that he will have that that will be granted immunity and uh, nothing that happens out of this can be used to uh to prosecute him in any way so it, it's still he's still luther and and it's still um in that regard but i mean the way this was this is one of those stories where it was about the journey the destination you knew where we were going to end up but how we got there was was pretty neat to see. It was it was cool to witness. Cool. Yeah. And and presumably uh, this is best read in issue form since it's probably going to be two three years until they get the collected edition. Yeah, I would definitely get the uh, the issue form. I mean, yeah. I mean, knowing knowing their. I mean, I, I was laughing because when I was flipping through this month's previews for our segment that we'll probably have next week, um, it's uh, I saw and I remember reading this when it came out in the eighties. The um, the America versus the Society of America, and I'm like, oh, it's coming out on trade, and I'm sure it's being reissued, but it still just made me think how funny that was. That here's a a four issue miniseries written by Roy Thomas from the '80s is now in a trade paperback, and I'm like, that, that, that that's about it's about the right timeline. Mm-hmm. I got something very far afield. Oh, okay. Um, so. You know, it's uh, – there are – it seems to me, and and maybe it's because I'm an old man now, there is just an unending need to, no matter what happens, if something's put out for public consumption, there is a need for some subgroup to find – this thing to be offensive to the point where they protest its existence and imply that its existence causes them 
uh, undue emotional harm. Especially on behalf of other people who they think should be offended. Yeah. And uh, that drives me nuts. Yeah. And, and what what frustrates me of late with a lot of these things, in particular these, these uh, you know, we had the, the Albuquerque Joker cover, uh, the Alvariant cover, then we had this week the silliness over these Frank Cho sketch covers. But what... What really frustrates me is it's all under this auspice of that we're finally making legitimate headway in getting women and young women and, and women of all ages to the comics table, and that somehow the existence of these things is going to damage that trend. And I've never understood that because very very few of us, uh, present company excluded read even a fraction of the comics that are available to be read. Uh, I think we probably read a lot more comics than most human beings, and we still don't read hundreds of comics that come out each month. Um, so, so I've never understood this idea that because something exists as part of a greater whole, that its mere existence precludes others from experiencing the, the medium. Um, lots of people watch TV, and I guarantee that there are shows on television that are downright uh, a not of interest and be offensive to them right um there are i i would imagine many very religious people take offense to pornography well there are new pornographic movies made every single day mm-hmm. and they're readily available very readily available <laughs> let's be honest and yet that doesn't preclude people from becoming movie fans right i mean cr- christians aren't running away from movies in the cinema because porn exists, right? Um, so this idea that somehow this this great trend we're experiencing where women are actually like uh, significantly increasing their interest in comics is somehow going to be derailed because there's some image or some storyline or some visual that, that they may find off-putting. It's just insane to me. And, and the, one of the reasons it's insane is because they didn't get into comics by looking at if we're to take this to be a, a, a true change in things, which I do take it to be, it's because not because of the lack of existence of something. It's because of the existence of things, which is to say there are things out there that appeal to new readers that maybe didn't exist before. And there are tons of comics that are appealing to women now that perhaps weren't available to them in times past. And that's an awesome thing. Uh, and again, whether it be Bitch Planet or the revamping of Batgirl or the revamping of, of Miss Marvel or the launch of, or the Captain Marvel or the, the launch of a, of the new Miss Marvel, which you and I are big fans of, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, I'm sure My Little Pony's success has been a part of this or the new Gem and the Holograms. Whatever the thing is that's drawing new female readers in, that's awesome. Like, that's great. And it could it could be something that we're not into at all, or it could be something we are into too. But the point is, the existence of these other things, whether it be a cheesecake cover or a cover that evokes some kind of emotional reaction to some subset, aren't going to change this phenomenon. The only thing that will derail this phenomenon is if this great explosion of new female-friendly content stops happening. And I don't see any evidence of why that would stop, because it's being well-received, it's selling well. And it's high quality. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, so I was all set to go on this rant tonight about 
the stupidity of, of people marking out about Frank Cho sketch covers and Milo Minara covers and, and the Al- Albuquerque cover. But I thought, you know what? Instead of just ranting about this and likely preaching to the choir and, and you know, probably uh, and risking offending other people who don't share our, our views on this, um, I thought, let me flip the script. Let me celebrate something that I think is part of the reason that women are a much bigger force in comics now. And as a result, I'm I'm not worried about this other stuff in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, long intro, but I bring to you to the table today from Boom Studios, a book called Lumberjanes. Ah. Now, I will say right out front, this book, by description is not something that one would think generally would appeal to me. But I've heard so many people praise this book up and down. Pretty much everyone that's read it, I feel like, has enjoyed it. That in in it, it piqued my curiosity, and so I, I ordered the first trade, and it came last week, and I gave it a read, and it was exactly what I hoped it to be, which is charming, delightful, entertaining, humorous. It's just awesome comics. And... It's an all-ages comic. Uh, I'm a 40-year-old white man, and I enjoy the hell out of it. But I have no doubt that um, I can see why this is a book that is getting absolutely ravenously enjoyed by women of all ages, and in particular, young girls, young women. Um, so the story is, it's, it's um, The Lumberjanes is essentially a, uh, uh, it's a equivalent of, of Girl Scouts. Right, they, they're called the Lumberjanes in this in this comic, but they're essentially Girl Scouts. And there is a cabin of five besties named Joe, Mal, Molly, April, and Ripley, and they are at a a scouting camp, a summer camp for for the summer, and they get in all kinds of adventures. And each issue of the collected edition essentially starts off with a description of a merit badge that they need to get. And then the adventure ties into that merit badge in some crazy way. Like the first one is up all night and they have to go out in the woods at night and they end up coming across um, supernatural stuff. They come across three eyed, a group of three eyed foxes that attack them and then disappear. Uh, then they come across a, a, a werebear. An old woman turns into a bear. They, they, uh, in another issue, they have to go and get, earn like a water badge and they end up getting attacked by a river monster, a river serpent. And they have to get out of that. And um, uh, there's there's just lots of different uh, there's there's yetis and there, there's all these different uh, supernatural conceits. But what's awesome about the book is that it's all positive. It's it's high energy. Even when they're in peril, there's no real feeling that they're going to uh, die or in danger. It's 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 for the adventure of it. It's 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 um. The the way I would the elevator pitch for me would be it's like Adventure Time meets The Goonies. This book very much reminded me of The Goonies in, in terms of tone. You know this this high adventure tied with with young kids being silly. Um, all the girls are memorable in their own rights. They're 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 depicted as great friends, but they all have very distinct personalities. Uh, they speak like kids. You know they speak like modern kids, and this is something I can speak to because. I do have three young kids, including a 12-year-old, and, and he and his friends and, 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 his, and his girlfriends and girls in his class speak, speak this way. So, so it's spot on there. Um, it's written by uh, Noel Stevenson, 
who probably, no coincidence, she also has written a bunch of the Adventure Time comics. So it's probably not a coincidence that I got that vibe from this. Um, as well as um, Grace Ellis, who I think this is her first work. And the book is, is illustrated by uh, Brooke Allen, who, again, I, I don't know if this is her first work or not. But um, artistically, it's a very bright, primary color-driven book. Um, it, the, the, it's very animated and cartoony by design. Um, I don't want to say it's got like a boom house style because that's not fair, but but it, it would fit right in with if you're familiar with Adventure Time or Steven Universe or um, uh, well, those are the two that really come to mind. But if you're familiar with that kind of artistic style, this fits right in. You know, the characters have um, kind of long, thin limbs, um, bright faces, sometimes just bl- you know black dots for eyes, and then they get really animated when something happens. Um, uh, but just just great great stuff. They they come across uh, essentially throughout the the the, the trade. You're, you're introduced, like I said, to these different adventures, and so each are self contained. And it's essentially like a Scooby Gang thing where they they get out of the jam and then kind of get back to home base. Um, they have a I don't know if it's a den mother or a a, a cabin ma- mother, you know, who's in charge of them, and and she's kind of the the straight man in the group in the sense that that. They're always escaping at night, to, or, or or from planned functions to go on these adventures, and then, you know, she's mad at them when they when they finally when she finally catches up with them. But she's also, you know, very much relieved that they're okay, and um, and she's always ready to get them in trouble, but she never can because the uh, the camp, the head of the camp, the camp headmaster, clearly has some broader understanding of the supernatural stuff that's going on, and she's very. Um, apologetic for these girls when they get into hijinks. She's dismissive of things. Um, and, and clearly there's more to her story. Um, you know, whether she's part of the impetus of this stuff happening or she perhaps was, was you know, caught up in these adventures when she was a youngster and now she's kind of their spirit guide. That, that remains to be seen. I, I, that we don't find that out in the first issue. Um, and it's just a really smartly written book. Like, like there's a moment where the girls, it's again, like Goonies, they're, they're in, they they fall down a hole and they're in this 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 lair essentially like a uh, an, an old Egyptian or uh, uh, Sumerian type of 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 crypt right and there's all these booby traps and they get to this cavernous expanse where they have to cross and there's all these different um, stepping stone pillars and as you can imagine from Indiana Jones or Goonies if you step on the wrong one it collapses and you oh, die right yes. so but what's cool is every pillar has a number on it right. Well, the one girl figures out that the, the the trick is you have to walk in a Fibonacci sequence, and if you know Fibonacci sequence is is you know the, the the two numbers prior add up to the next one, so you know the steps would be one, you know two, three, you know five, you know eight, you know and so forth, so on. And this girl figures this out and it gets them out of the jam. And I'm sitting here reading this, thinking, how awesome is this? It's an all eighties book meant to appeal to young kids. And rather than just make a stepping stone trap where they have to find some kind of pattern or something, she makes it a Fibonacci freaking sequence. Like that's <laughs> awesome. Like yeah. because again, she's not pandering, right? There's, there's. I mean, she's she's introducing a real, uh, a very valid and interesting cryptography mathematical concept to the book. Um, so I just have nothing but great things to say about this book. And again, uh, at at its heart, it's a story of five young girls at a, on a camp getting into adventures. So. Certainly not something that one would be making a short list for me of, of, of something you would think I'm interested in. So so I, I am certainly not the target audience for this book, and yet I enjoyed every page of it. 
So I can only imagine how how delightful this must be received by those that it is aimed for. Um, so I can't recommend this enough. It, again, it's by uh, they're calling a Boom Box, which I think is the new Boom Kids imprint. I guess I don't know, but it's 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 by Boom, but it's actually Boom Box is the imprint, and uh, it's Volume One Lumberjanes Beware the Kitten Holy, uh, and uh, very very much I, I encourage people to. Give this a try uh, if you're a fan of Goonies uh, or anything like that. But also, if you have if you have kids, you know I don't know that we talk a lot about all ages comics on the show, just because again we are three older older men who you probably don't skew that way um, too often. But this one is definitely perfect. In fact, coincidentally, on Facebook today, a um, a, a woman that lives in my area um, posted asking if anyone had any recommendations for books for. Uh, her eight-year-old daughter, who's really getting into reading, and I, yeah, I it was perfectly timed. I recommended this to her, so this gets uh, two big thumbs up from me on all fronts, um, artistically, story-wise, and uh, I'm definitely on board for the for the next trade. And I'll be handing off this trade to uh, to the to the girl that uh, to to this mom who's, who's who I know. I told her I'd give her this copy for her daughter. So um, so passing it on too, creating new fans of the genre. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Real, real cool. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Did you read Copperhead? I didn't read issue six. Did I ran out of time. Did you read Southern Cross? Number two? Yes. No. Okay. Ran out of time. Right. I had all these grand plans, but it didn't. I, ran, I, I couldn't, couldn't get it all done. I know what you mean. Uh, let's see. Um,. Uh, I don't want to talk about Convergence Zero. What about oh, you Rebels? Don't? Well, mm-hmm. I, it's um, reading the Zero issue did not <laughs> endear you to the prospect. No, it, it didn't amp me up for yeah. for, for what's coming. It's uh, it was I I really don't know what it was. There, there were I, I wasn't wowed by the art. Ethan Van Skyver has looked better in my eyes. Um, this was not one of those times. The... I, I don't know... I don't know if Superman just woke up and, and this was happening to him, if this was a continuation from something from another story, it, it, his ongoing title. Um, but it was... It was Superman having a conversation with Brainiacs and it uh, we see other super men from, from other timelines, other eras, other uh, other stories um, but I don't know I, I, I really I, that, that's, that could have been the tagline for the, for, for the book and Birds and Zero, I don't know <laughs> I just I uh, and I'm not I, I I'm telling you people I am going to read almost all of the first week issues I, I uh, you know I'm I'm looking forward to the question I'm looking forward to Teen Time I'm definitely looking forward to Justice League um, so I I am I want to enjoy I want to read and I want to enjoy what's coming I just have no idea what the hell the zero issue was supposed to do mm-hmm. um. But it's uh, it's if if you read it and and you know what the hell was going on and and 
if you could, if you can make sense of it, if you can tell me what I missed, and I missed a lot, but if if you could tell me what was the purpose of it, I, I'd love to hear it because I'll I'll go back and flip through it and and be like, okay, so that's where he's coming from with that. But I I was I was at a huge loss, and and I, I read it in the hopes that it would um, get me ready or 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 give me something that I'm supposed to. Because I think if we, if someone asks, well, what the hell's what's so great about Secret Wars? What, what what's that going to be about? I mean, we have, we have months of of Hickman, and I'm not saying that. Oh, I want to read Secret Wars. Okay, well, here, read these past three years of Hickman books. I, but we can kind of give an elevator pitch. I think based on reading Hickman's Avengers work, right, right, where Secret Wars is probably going or what you can expect. I don't know if. Convergence is starting with the zero issue, or if um, if something started before it, and and this was basically just the bridge between the New Fifty Two and the Convergence universe. I mean, there were there, the back matter was pretty neat because it kind of gave you an idea of um, it, it told you um, some of the worlds or universes that um, that you can expect to see and their first appearances. So if, if you're that first appearance, first issue geek, you then then. The back matter is all for you because it's like, oh, okay, well, I want to know. So if Captain Carrot's going to be in this, then I need to get that issue of DC Comics Presents because that was the first appearance of Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew. Or um, it'll have the first issue for, or, or just an issue from um, the uh, the post, uh, the Generations universe where, where where John Byrne did the Generations miniseries with Superman and Batman and, and its sequel. So th- there were definitely um, some neat little things for that. So after you get through Conversion Zero, then you get to the back matter where it's like, okay, if you liked this back in the day, then stay tuned because you're going to get this at some point over this event. Um, but I didn't get that sense. It, it, I don't remember reading Conversion Zero and going, Oh, okay, so if I hang tight, I'll see Justice League Detroit. I, I didn't get that at all in the Zero issue. But I know that's coming, but this issue didn't give me any indication that it was. So if, if I didn't read previews or, or read Facebook, because I follow creators who are working on these books, um, I definitely wouldn't have gotten that from this. But, you know, your mileage may vary. If it, This may set you up and, and psych you beyond belief for, for what's coming. Um and I would like to have whatever the hell you're drinking. So the the issue of um, so that that's probably the only thing I'll be remotely negative on tonight. Um, and it's probably a good thing that we mentioned it tonight um, because even including multiversity, there doesn't seem to be a whole hell of a lot right now. It's all cyclical, but there really isn't anything that's floating Vince's boat at the moment. So instead of hearing the heavy sighs and the moans <laughs> and groans that we'd hear from Vince's corner, um, we'll get that out of the way tonight. Uh, I did. Did you read? I think this came out today, actually, but from Dark Horse Rebels. Uh, I you mean number one. Yes. Yes, I did. What did you think of that? Um, well, so just to set it up for people, it's, uh, it's by Brian Wood, uh, writer. Shout out. Uh, colors by Jordi Belair. Yes. And, um, uh, drawn by, help me out here. I can't remember offhand. It is, uh, Andrea Muti. Yes. Thank you. Um, 
because I read it last week from uh, our friends at Dark Horse giving yes. us a review copy. But um, so it's it's essentially a, 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 a Wood sets it up similarly to how he did with Northlanders by saying it's historical fiction. So it's going to draw heavily from historical accounts of the American Revolution, but will take liberties where appropriate for the story. Yes. Um, what did I think of it? Well. My the first word that comes to mind is wordy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I thought there was a lot of word balloons, um, very small script scripted word balloons at that. Um, so I, I I think it was a little too much. Tell me, don't show me. Um, that said, um, Moody's art, especially with Jordy's coloring, I think she really out that does herself with the coloring in this book making it feel almost like parchment paper, like a, like we're looking at historical images. Uh, loved that. Um, so so I love the visuals. Um, but I don't think it grabbed me in terms of the characters, in particular the lead protagonist, in a way that I'm clamoring to find out what happens next. Okay. It was... It, it's... I guess I'm kind of in the same boat there. It's, um, I gave it a shot. I'm not dismissing it, but it's not something where it's like, oh, did the latest issue of Rebels come out? Um, it's, uh, it looks great. I I thought, um, Moody's art is fantastic. Jordy does a fantastic job. Um, whether it's just the red coats or, or the, or, or the clothes of, of the Rebels or the gunfire from everybody's rifles, it, she just, she knocks it out of the park. Um, it's a book I think that is that needs the color. It's worthy of the color, and it's um, I it would maybe feel a little flat if it was just in uh, in black and white. But it's a um, it's a six part series. There's definitely there are there are times where some of the characters look a little John Burnish, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have no I problem with it. that. Um, the uh, you know, you kind of get to know who all the characters are um, within the first half of the book, and uh, and and there's some there's some tension, there's some drama in in the first issue to to, to really um, brace you for what's coming. But it is it it is more or less historically accurate, and and like Jason said, where where uh, where Brian Wood is going to maybe move some of the pieces around for the better of the story. Um, that will happen. So it's, uh, which I guess to me would, I think if you liked the Mel Gibson movie, the Patriot, you would probably enjoy this. Um, it's a, uh, it, it looks great. And, and I, I did not stick all the way through with Northlanders. I read the first couple of arcs and that was another one. That was what I read. I really liked, I enjoyed it, but just not enough where, okay, I need to, I need to read this, Every month. If I get back to it, great. If not, um, that's no slight to the creators. I just... It wasn't something I needed to get at that time when it came out. Um, I, uh, I, I... I liked where it ended. And, and it ended... And, and it's it's told... Um, the, the, the hero of the tale... The, the boy who we're introduced to early on, he's, he's narrating it. It's, it's his story. And, um, but he's also, it's, it's very much just like the way, um, 
Hazel tells the story in Saga. It's all told. It's she's relaying the story. He's relaying the story from the future as as he's basically telling you what happened in his past. So it's 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 that type of narration. It's not happening in in real time. Um, but it it's a uh, it, it it's a little weird because I this this is something that I probably wouldn't expect from Dark Horse. Uh huh. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. Um, I I joke a lot about being my cousin and stuff. I I, I think Brian is a very talented writer, but um, but like with anything, I, I, there there are things that he does that that I connect with, and some that I don't. I mean, I I absolutely adored DMZ. Yeah. I I think the massive is great, which I don't talk about it enough actually, but I do think it's great, especially the early Gary Brown stuff. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I very much enjoy that. Um, I, I really dug his 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 all too brief run on Conan. Um, I actually think he did. It's going to be a little blasphemous, but I, I I think I enjoyed his first arc on Star Wars more than I'm enjoying what's what Marvel is putting down right now. But okay. uh, we'll leave that we'll leave that there for now. <laughs> But uh, but yeah but but then flip side uh, as you know I I, I couldn't stand Northlanders I, I right drove me nuts I, I did, didn't have any interest in it and, uh, and he's had a few others that I just try I've I've tried everything he's he's written but unlike Northlanders where they the dialogue was more of exactly. our time than of theirs this is a little bit I don't he really didn't do that in in this book in rebels. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, and that, that is again, whether it's a, a conscious choice or just, he's, he's a different type of storyteller. Now, a couple of years later that I don't know, but certainly the things that, that drove me nuts about Northlanders, which was essentially that these Vikings were speaking like they were straight out of the Sopranos. Um, wasn't, wasn't in this. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the important thing that I want to convey is that I, this is a super high quality book. But we are in a world of first issues. We read and review a lot of first issues because we we do have the opportunity to to try most most new comics, and I, I think we try to tr- we try to try most new comics, and so it, that inevitably means giving the first issue or two a try. Um, so so I, I didn't read this and think, well, this isn't for me. But I just I also didn't read it and think this is high enough up the stack of 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 recent number one issues that I'm going to be actively seeking follow-up issues so you know i guess the next test for me will be when the trade gets solicited will i will i pull the trigger on the trade and and i don't know the answer to that right now i have to let the book kind of sit with me and see what i what, you know how, how i'm feeling about the what i read in a, a month or two and, and if it's still floating around there for me that makes sense yeah i got something for you uh-huh um, again, uh, in, in honor of our buddy Daryl's uh, birthday this week, awesome. um, I was catching up on their show, No Apologies, and in issue uh, in episode 205, uh, Daryl actually was in absentia in that episode. Don't know where he was, but his co-hosts were, um, were chatting up um, so, some top five lists, and... They were doing top five Marvel villains and top five DC villains. And so it got me thinking today, what would be my top five in both of those categories? Okay. And you being the historian of uh, comics that you are, I know you'd probably be able to come up with a list on the fly. So I, I point to you, your t- what is your top five Marvel villains? Now I'll go first if you want. I mean, since you have to, might have to think about it, I'm springing this on you. Go ahead. Or, 
All right. Well, my number five is Apocalypse. Wow. Okay. And I will say that I don't think he made any of their uh, the No Apologies cruise lists. Uh, number four is Red Skull. Okay. Number three, the man with the hand, Thanos. Okay. A little controversial here. Number two, Doctor Doom. Right. And then number one, Magneto. I think. Uh, no, that's and that's that's fine. See, I when I think of villains, it's weird. I don't always think of the all-encompassing, super powerful. Um, sure. No. I, well, right. I mean, this is that's what I'm saying. Your your list may be very different. It's uh, especially being a Spidey Spidey guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Green Goblin is definitely on there. Okay. Um, post superior Spider Man, Doc Ock, but before, if 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 I was pre superior Spider Man, I don't think he'd be on it. Uh, but it's um, uh, let's see, Green Goblin, um, Doctor Doom, definitely. I think I would have um. Yeah, I would have Magneto on my list. Um, not Sabretooth, but... Um, see, I'm trying to think, like... There really aren't even any awesome Alpha Flight... Not, not awesome Alpha <laughs> Flight villains. It's like... I mean, they fought characters, but it's like a wild child. I mean, come on. So, uh... Well, the um, Master would probably be their other archer. Oh, Lord. Taking that helmet off. The, um... Uh, it would be wow. So after that, I guess, um, not no, not Loki. Loki was on quite a few of their lists. Um, there is, um, oh, Jesus Christ, the Kingpin. He was probably on every list, if not most every list. Um, and that's four, right? So five. Wow. Because I'm over here imposing rules on myself. I'm I'm going <laughs> to. Um, Yeah, I am. I am going to say Thanos. Okay. Now, I must say that Doom, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, was number one on every one of their lists. And we, a couple years ago, got into a funny conversation about that very thing. And I went off on a little (laughs) rant about making fun of Dr. Doom, saying I think he's the most overrated villain ever. And I was really being tongue-in-cheek at the time, but I, I just making the point that how successful can Doom be really in terms of villains when he's never actually succeeded at anything? Like, sh- to me, a villain should be someone that's actually committed heinous acts, and he really hasn't. Right. Like, he's a tried to a lot, but it always gets put back. He's a dictator. He's, he's... But I mean, like, he's never, like, he's rarely ever killed anyone. Like, he's certainly... Whereas Magneto's committed genocide. Right. Like, legit. <laughs> like, he's he has legit killed, like, entire groups of people like with 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 a reckless abandon yes um so to me it's like i don't know like doom is like castro and magneto is like 
Mussolini or Hitler. Like he's actually like committed the atrocities, like in the name of his cause. Whereas Doom has kept his own little fiefdom and tried to do bigger things, but he's never really succeeded. But anyway, I'm only. I mean, I look. I think Doom is an amazing villain. Um, so that's why he's number two on my list. But but I, I couldn't quite put him number one because he's never actually gotten anything truly sinister done and stuck. Um, but all right, so so now you probably will have a much deeper bench of DC villainy to work with than I did at the time because I I responded to this on the fly in their in their message boards. Um, my top five DC villains are as follows: uh, number five, the Joker; uh, number four, Sinestro; okay; number three, Darkseid; right; number two, Reverse Flash; number one. Lex Luthor. That works. I think that's that pretty much covers the gamut. Now, is number two on your list because of the TV show? Well, I I, I would have to say it has to be in some part because I haven't read many Flash comics in my life. Okay. But from what I know of DC history, I mean, I've probably read as much Who's Who as I have DC Comics. I do find his his significance to me a villain has to have significance in terms of to be a, a top all-time villain you have to be a serious and recurring threat to a major hero that that's I mean again that's my own rule I'm opposing I'm not everyone else is free to define but so for me it's like all right the flash has his rogues which makes it somewhat tricky but when I think about the reverse flash and his history and the stuff he's done, it seems pretty sinister to me. Like he's, he's done a lot to hurt flash over the years and sure. Some of it's been reversed or retconned or changed because of the time and the deal for them. to. But, but at the end of the day, he has tried and succeeded in doing a lot of nasty shit to flash and to other people in the name of his, his, his own personal gain future. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think though because I'm so enamored with the Flash TV show, and I, I think that uh, that uh, Professor well, oh, I don't want to spoil, but um, Professor Zoom, <laughs> um, I, I think I think he's he, I think that that whole show is phenomenal, and I think that the villainy is phenomenal in that show, and so yeah, I'm sure it plays a part there. Uh, in the rankings, I'm not as beholden to these rankings. Um, the only thing I really wanted to. The only two things I feel really strongly about of in terms of the rankings are putting Luthor first and putting the Joker fifth. Because I do think the Joker is significant. He is arguably the greatest or at least most popular superhero in the world's arch nemesis. And so I think he has to be on the list. But I didn't think he deserved to be as high on the list as most were putting him because he's a little too street level for me. Like he always loses in the end and you know, I don't know. So, um, whereas, you know, Luthor has megalomaniacal abilities and, and aspirations, right? Like Luthor wants to rule the world. At least sometimes he does. Yeah. The Joker just wants to cause chaos and that's cool. And that is villainous, but I couldn't put him like above some of the others. Makes sense. Would you, replace anybody in my would you like, uh let's see um, you're more of a titans guy you've got a lot much longer history with the justice league so i mean i'm sure like i know um i mean he wasn't on many of these people's lists but like the, of, of the no apologies guys list but i 
I did look on the web today in anticipation of asking you this question, and one that uh, made a lot of top ten lists over the years for DC villains, um, in fact ranked in the top five of most lists that I found, was uh, Brainiac. And and that's just, for me, I haven't read enough stories with Brainiac in it to really have considered him, but... And there have been so many versions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'd be on my list. Like, the one that I've read more of is Vril, Vril Drox, who's, who's a hero. Right, and, and so. he's a descendant of, yeah. and it's... it's um, well, yeah, I think. I is think he like Brainiac, Brainiac Eight? Is he? Is Brainiac that Five? Five Brainiac Five. Brainiac Five is fantastic, and and he he's his personality is also um, changed to be more fitting because he is he, he's like back back in the sixties seventies. You know, he, he he'd come off just like maybe not a know it all, but just you know he he was the Reed Richards. He he wasn't he didn't really turn you off but mm. he um he knew his shit and and you went to him because he had answers now because of the age we're in and and because we're aware of situations and 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 mentalities now he's he's more like someone who would have Asperger's he, he's more like Sherlock or, or Monk or you know he's just if there's no filter that's just that's his personality he knows he's the smartest dude in the room and you know, if if you can't keep up, then it's your loss. And and uh, you know, he, he's not going to wait for you to catch up. Um, so, depending on who the writer is and and which iteration of the Legion we're talking about, um, Brainiac Five definitely is one of my favorite Legionnaires. Or he can be the one that causes me the most eye rolling. The um, as far as villains, it's, I mean, just, he's near and dear, so the Riddler has to be on my list. Okay. Um, the, uh, there's, um, yeah, Luther has to be on the list. Um, I, I am a big fan of, of Sinestro, but I don't know if he is, I don't know if I... He's obviously the the antithesis of of Green Lantern, but I don't know if that's that's my go to Lantern baddie. Um, and it's not like I, Green Lantern has he's got the black hand, he's got gold face, he, he's got some 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 nemesis, some, some adversaries that just that, that aren't. Um, all that grand, but um, I Sinestro would probably be number five, just ready to be nudged off the list by someone else. Uh, Deathstroke, because my Deathstroke is the the Teen Titans nemesis from from the second issue, and and uh, and he was the bad guy and and uh he wasn't the the dude trying to take anybody under his wing and and he was the guy who was trying to infiltrate the titans because that was the job and and he he uh he used tara to his his ends and and uh he was not a nice dude that's my death stroke not not the guy who uh it's kind of like an honorary Titan member and and try to um, 
solve the mystery of who was behind the Titans hunt and things like that. The um, Titans do have some pretty nifty villains, though, with the Brotherhood of, of Evil and um, just they had a lot of I had a lot of fun reading those battles. Um, was that four? The uh, let's see. I do like a lot of the old cheesy villains, like the Clock King. Um, maybe not Toy Man, but the um, a lot of the the dudes you, you'd read about in in the uh, not so death defying issues of of a uh, of a hero's title. There's um, uh, shoot, I just had it. Harley Quinn is definitely on the list. Really? Yeah, because as a top five villain of all time, like well, what is Harley Quinn done? Well, and that's the thing. It's it's um it, it I no, I don't know if I'd put her on the list above above Joker. I don't know. See, all right. So I have I, I have Deathstroke, Luther, Riddler. Um. Sinestro. Yeah, who could be knocked off if someone else showed up. Um, wow. Okay, so that's four. And... Uh, not... Um, no, yeah, no Joker. Joker would have to be on there. All right, there you go. Yeah. So there it is. Who did it? <laughs> oh man! All right, what else did? Oh, speaking of Dark Horse, um, and another first issue. Uh, Passed aways. Did you check that out? No, no, I didn't. Uh, I no. was looking forward I'm to t- this. I'm torn. I- I'm on that one. I am great, greatly torn by being completely infatuated with one of the creators and completely disinterested in the other. I, the one you're disinterested in does have, um, there've been some really cool stories. Uh, and then there's Omega flight and, and there just, or beyond. And there are just some, some things where I'm not, I'm not the biggest Scott Collins fan. But this uh, this interested me because, well, like you, Matt Kent is is writing it, and and that's that's what really had me amped for it. And we found I found out about this at um, last year at New York because Scott and Matt had they were neighbors in in Artist Alley, um, and that, no no the first time Matt mentioned Passaways because he said he says he's got something creator owned with Scott. He said that at Heroes last year, and he. I'm not. I don't think he gave a title. He just said he's working on something with Scott Collins is coming out from Dark Horse, and then in Oct- then in New York in October is um, is when I found out the title and uh, what it was going to kind of be about. But this this was this was a pretty good first issue. It, I mean, the, the cover cover gets you up to speed as far as who the characters are. There's a little. Um, they're all running into action 
and everybody has their own little text box next to them about, uh, you know, this, this is the heartless bastard who unfortunately holds the key to everyone's survival or the, uh, the team leader, um, believes math and science have an answer for everything also believes everyone loves him. So it, it, there's a little, um, little bit of a uh, little insight on, on all the characters involved, but, um, there's, there's little captions and, and footnotes and it, it's, it's an issue that you kind of have to pay attention. Uh, there's, um, things happen in a panel that uh, you'll you'll see a little footnote at the bottom of the page, uh, letting you know what that technology is, or what that that creature is, or where it came from. And uh, I'm, basically, these characters are kind of, sort of. I'm going to say stranded here. I'm, I'm going to be vague so that you can kind of get something out of this on on your own. Um, the characters pretty much feel unique. Uh, the characters, not all of them are extremely likable at all. Um, there's a, uh, there's somebody who really is extremely strong. They all seem to have, um, they all have their own abilities and, and it's, it's, it is a, I'm going to say that this is, I, I know people kind of frown on, you know, Good shaking, bad shaking, or it, it, it's good Collins, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, uh, but it's it's crazy, and it's something that really could only come out of Matt Kent's mind. Uh, there's, I, I do believe that this is something that, if you pay attention to it, if if you follow along with it, um, kind of like my management, you'll be rewarded. There, there's just, um, there is enough here to really mull over and and we'll keep you busy for uh for the next 30 days for the next issue to come out i mean not not planetary busy where, where you're you know, right right combing the internet to, to do research on godzilla or or um japanese action movies but this this is uh i i think it's a pretty strong first issue and and kind of gets you ready for for what these two dudes are uh or planning on doing. I, I will read the second issue. It, it's not a. Um, it's. It is very interesting. It, it's and it's. It's somewhat unique for me. I. I, um, I. Considering the creators, it's not like my expectations were so high. But even even though it is Ken, and and I'm always looking forward to what he's doing. Um, I was I was very happily pleasantly surprised with this. No, and that's cool. And, and and you know, you you hit on the salient point. I, I have had nothing but great personal interactions with Scott. Like yep. you said, we're at the con. He, he was he was a lot of fun. He, had, he was super giddy for the Flash TV show, and he was so so he's he's a great guy, and he's he's nice and he's accessible. And uh, so I don't again, I don't want to bes- I I don't personally vibe with his art. Again, it's not. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad artist by any stretch. So. Please, nobody misinterpret what I'm saying. I, I, but it just doesn't just doesn't float my boat. And again, it, this is a case where um, it's a, it, this is a subjective thing. I think objectively, he's a very talented cartoonist. So I'm not I'm not again I'm not saying he's 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 got any flaws in his ability to do his job. I just don't aesthetically find his 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 lines all that appealing. Sure. Um, 
But yeah, but you know, I'm I'm a I'm a whole I'm a I'm a Kent Mark uh, in every way, shape, or form. I mean, heck, I have a Matt Kent Jeff Lemire shelf in my man cave dedicated just to their work. So yeah. so I'll, I'll get around to this for sure in a collected version. Um, but uh, especially if 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 you're if you dug it, uh, then I'll you know that I, this was one where I was going to need to hear some positive feedback before I I jumped on it. But, I got you. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, I do know you read Thor number six. Yeah, I'm all up on that. I'm all up. I'm all up to speed on the on the Thors. Um, I, uh, I I'm I'm absolutely completely flabbergasted about who who is Thor. <laughs> I, I I I was really sure it was Jane Foster. And uh, spoilers, I guess it, clearly she's clearly it's not. So, who, and I know you didn't think it was Jane. You were right. And you know Thor, that Odinson's been going around checking li- checking shit off his <laughs> list. He's <laughs> actually got a list on parchment paper and shit. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Who do you think it is? I, do you think it is uh, what's her? Um, I you think it's Ra- a Roz? I, I kind of hope it's not Roz. Uh, it kind of left us thinking it's Roz, though, right? They, I mean, oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. since I mean, you know, this is an Aaron created character. Yeah. Is you know why why would he not let? But I mean, that could just very well be. A red herring. Um, I mean, it's clearly not an Asgardian. We can agree on that, right? Because they speak. Their inner monologue is is Earth. Oh yeah, I mean, she's yeah. De- and she's definitely like you know, is is is, is Thor going to know it's me? And and so it's right. somebody who, um, you know, I don't. So it's not his granddaughters. It's not. Well, we know it's not Sif. It's not. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not mom, the, which is awesome. The, it's not the blonde like barmaid or whatever from the. From the oh, uh, who was who was uh, who was in love with William? Right, right. Yeah. It's not her. So it's no Guardian. We we can we can rule that out. Um, it's not Valkyrie. Like you said, it's not Freya. Uh, it's it's uh, which was hilarious because she, she's thinking, man, if only it, I, I should have picked up that hair when I had the chance. I know she's <laughs> like, I should have come up on that. And then he's like, Are you my mom? And then it's, and then then and then Thor lays one on him, and he's like, Oh, I hope you're not. <laughs> Clearly, you're not. And I was like, I don't know. You guys are you're you're like. Your deities, I think there's plenty of polyamorous stuff going on in the deity world. But, but yeah, I mean, what, what have you thought so far? I mean, I, I've, I've been really blown away by Dowderman. Oh, it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I talked him up with, uh, when, you know, when he was doing the, uh, you know, the creator owned thing, um, involving the, uh, oh, that's right. Yes. The wives of the superheroes. And, and I liked his work then, but this is—he's definitely leveled up. I mean, his 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 stuff is, his pencils now are super tight. I mean, really tight. And uh, uh, I I think he's 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 jumped into the big time. I think, no doubt. Uh, I mean, his Cyclops look great, but this is just like you said—it's a whole other level. Um, this is. Uh, I'm I'm reading the the exchange between Thor and Jane and. It's yeah, he crosses her name off the list, but it's still a situation where just because if she is Thor, that's not going to erase the cancer, and and it doesn't mean that it's going to make her feel better when she's not Thor. It, it's we need to see Thor in the same room as some people, and 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 Aaron is deliberately um, avoiding that situation, and and he is he is weaving one hell. Of a mystery here, um, because you know when Thor's trying to get a hold of of Roz and and he goes and sees Coulson, um, 
you know, it's and he's they reach out to her, but we're getting a lot of Odinson time on these pages, so we're not quite sure what the hell um, where Thor may be, and when when Solomon is doing her thing and and trying to uh, see what uh, Dario is up to. Um, you know, then all of a sudden Thor shows up. So again, it, it could be just a situation where, well, hey, here's, it's like, where, where'd Clark go? Superman just showed up and, and it's, we don't, he's, he's being a tricky son bitch. And, and now we're going to have the, um, the last page was fantastic, uh, because Odin is just batshit crazy. He, he, uh, he brings his yeah, brother right. in to uh dude and did did you i did not recognize his brother by name but that's homeboy that's the serpent from, from uh, original sin from the siege from the siege. no 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 um yeah the siege no i thought it was uh, fear itself fear itself that's it not original sin yeah fear yes. itself exactly yes we had uh we had um uh, we had scotty like uh, scotty right skadi and then all the yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yes but yeah, so that this is his villainous brother from that. Yes, who killed Thor? Yeah, I know, right? So it's like, <laughs> and he's like, you know, he he's drawn to look like Roman Reigns, only with red glowing eyes. Like he looks like Loki. He looks like Loki on steroids. Yes, he's got this evil look in his face, and then he's like Loki. Uh, Odin's like, ah, it's all forgiven. That's all. Yeah, yeah it's all good. He yeah. killed you, but he doesn't. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it's fine. It. it was just he was trying to do and his o- thing. Odinson's like, what the fuck is going on right here? Like my man's- I don't have my hammer. I don't I have, have my arm. arm. <laughs> my my my. We get rid of my my crazy villainous brother, and now you bring in my even crazier murderous uncle. Oh shit! Yeah. The uh, I thought that um, Dario's little revenge circle was fantastic because um, we kind of get a little bit of um, of his origin. Um, Back when, because uh, dad was a wealthy man, and uh, there were uh, some bad people showing up to um, do harm to the family. Uh, but after some praying and uh, some powers granted, he was able to um, exact revenge, and he leaves these fuckers alive. Just their heads. And, I know. And all they want is to just just die just just end our lives please but he's like nah that ain't what i'm about so um but this issue was there was a lot more of um of uh odinson than there was of thor thor really doesn't kind of show up until like the last couple pages Mm -hmm. and and um and again because odin is just gone fucking bonkers he um he which we found out in the fifth issue what uh, he and his brother were up to and because Odin needs, he demands uh, Nay demands who to know who, who, who Thor is and, and can't believe that some wench would be worthy enough to pick up this hammer and um, it's he, he decides to call on the destroyer and uh, this is as much crap as Thor had to deal with in the first couple of issues dealing with Malekith, dealing with, um, with the frost giants. Uh, this is, this is going to be the battle she has to win. And, um, it's, it looks like it's going to be a little rough, but it's a, um, 
it's just been fantastic. This is, man, I I don't want it to end. I kind of want to know, but I, I he's, he hasn't, it's been six issues and an annual, and he hasn't, I'm not annoyed. I'm not frustrated. I am, right, I am right. absolutely on board with this. He can, he can keep dangling the carrot. I, I have no problem with the story he's telling. And, and there's going to be, you will, it will be the strangest sound when, when the whole of, of fandom smacks their forehead when we find out who the hell Thor is. And, and it's just going to, I think we're going to get a lot more, of course, that's who it is. than Oh, that's bullshit. And, I don't know. After reading this, you know, as as Thor's crossing off the list, um, I believe Ken Worthing on, on on the Facebook group page he he thinks he he he's got a guess, but it isn't even anybody that Thor that Odinson had on his list. Yep. So it's which it very well could be because again, why would Aaron write these names down? Uh. So that you'd have the opportunity to go and, and check them out. And obviously it can't. I, mean, I The only time I think I'll call bullshit right now is if it's one of the granddaughters. Because that just I, that just can't happen. Yeah, it's definitely not a granddaughter. Because again, they, they would be Asgardian in the way that they talk and stuff. But, but, but Odinson hasn't met them. Although, wait, no. During the butcher bomb. God right. bomb. Yeah, it, during the, yeah. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I can't. Definitely not, yeah, because they're in her monologue. You're right, the, the the thought balloons. But yeah, that that would be the that would be the one that's that's bullshit answer for me if if we find out it is one of them. But it's it yeah, I'm gonna say it can't be. Yeah. So uh, no, man, it's been fun, and and I think that uh, Dario Agar is a great villain. No doubt. You know, uh, and and it's so badass. Like, you know, dude, dude is a minotaur. Dude runs Roxon. And so rather than do the conventional villain thing where he's like, all right, Malik, if you want my help, I want uh, Midgard in exchange. He goes, all right, dude, I'll give you what you want, but then I want all the mineral rights to all the planets, (laughs) to all the world. I'm like, what a badass, dude. He's going to be getting some some Spartlehelm oil up in that piece. Like a badass, like a boss, high octane and shit. For real. It was awesome. Yeah, we got. It, I think he's. Yeah, he's great. And I'll tell you, um, much as I have a soft spot in my in my heart for the Serpent Squad in society, I have an equally soft spot in my heart for the Zodiac. And I would just love it if they would make Dario the head of a new Zodiac. Wow. Uh, now I, I know. I know Scorpio is generally the head, but I just mean again, like make him. Make him make rock, you know. Have him create a team of of villains that do work for Roxon, and have it be the Zodiac, you know. And he'll be the head this time as Taurus. That would be awesome. That would be awesome, you know. So, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm totally on board with it. Awesome. I, uh, I I I um in Aaron we trust, right? For real, no you doubt. Know. Dude, dude never lets us down. No. And he is such a wrestling mark, by the way. Did you see him marking out during WrestleMania? No, I didn't. Oh, man. On Twitter, he was just into it. I mean, he was into it. Yeah, he loves the wrestling. Love it. Yes. Awesome. So I, uh, after we finish the show up tonight, I'm going to watch the finale of Walking Dead. Oh, you're all caught up. 
I'll walk on up on Walking Dead, yeah. All right. So, Rick done lost his mind. Dude, a little bit. A little bit. That was... I, I really enjoyed the season finale. Good. So now... I mean, he's not even getting the stinkums, and he's, like, losing his mind <laughs> up this girl. Like, he's even dipped his whip. I know. He's, like, he's, he's, he's in the area with her, but, like... He's like in a vicinity. He's got the pheromones. I smelled your hair. I'm like, it's like Axe body spray. I'm like, damn, girl's got some serious Axe on. Well, it's nice to be around people who actually shower. Yeah, you better Axe somebody. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Sorry. So we'll be able to talk about that next week. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Faux show. What else we got as we get to the... Mm. I don't know. We might... Yeah, I don't... uh, I don't know. um, I'm trying to think what else... What else we banged out this week? Um, no, nah, I don't know, man. That might be it for me. I can't. I'm sure I read other stuff, but that's all that I I brought to thine table. All right, I am. Uh, I'm catching up on. Uh, what the hell did I just read? Or I'm in the middle of reading uh, Avengers forty three. Yeah, that that I haven't read that yet. So. Okay, um, you have. Uh, it actually got spoiled for me on another podcast, but that's okay. St- why didn't my I, fault. My fault. I should have. I should have listened. The uh, let's see. Yes, that's that's. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We have uh, we got previews next week. Yep. Um, and I do know that um, it's probably cheating because well, it's definitely cheating because I backed this as a Kickstarter, but uh, Sithra will probably be on my list next week. Cool. Cool. Uh, I got the. Um I got the two books that uh, our buddies from Britain, while they were on the show, recommended to us. Sweet. Um, Elric and, uh, is it, I don't know how to say it, Slain or Slain. I don't know if it's Slain or. I say Slain. I've always said Slain. Yeah, Slain. slain. Uh, but I got them both. I just, I looked through them because they came today in the mail. But I, I looked through them both gorgeous, as they just said. I haven't read them yet, so I, I talk about them at a later date. But uh, they came, the, uh, the Calvin and Hobbes. A retrospective book that Scotty bigged up uh, this past week came. I got that yesterday. Yep. So yeah, that that can't wait to read that interview with uh, Waterston for sure. Um, couple couple things we we um, uh, our good buddies. Well, you know Ron uh, Richards and and Josh and Connor, uh, the original iFanboy crew haven't done a show together in I don't know the exact time, but it's been at least two years, might even be longer. Because Ron went to work at Image and became big muckety muck and couldn't do the show anymore, but they all got back together at uh, WonderCon this past weekend and reunited and did a special recording with Darwin Cook, um, who's their buddy, and uh, recorded it. And it should be up, I think, on the iFanboy feed at some point in the coming few days. But from what I heard from people that were there and from from Ron directly. It was a blast. It was like uh, putting on an old pair of jeans, fit, you know. No, like uh, you know, no, no rustiness. They got right back into the the groove and had a great uh, long chat with uh, Darwin. So that's awesome. Look, look for that. And uh, much props to the many, many, many friends of ours that will be descending upon Chicago this week for C two E two. No, not this week. It's not this weekend. No, it's uh, it's the twenty fourth, fifth, and sixth, or something. Oh well, fuck me in the godass. Never mind. Okay. Because we're hoping to see Andrew before he gets to Chicago. Oh, I thought it was after. No. Oh, my bus. All right. Well, fuck it then. Right. That's all right. Just and let, we let should, it marinate. We, 
we should be reading a promo for our buddies. Uh, oh yes, the for John and and Slurmo's uh, art festival. Hold on a second. Um, Vince took the copy with him. That bastard. Of course he um, did. Uh, but I can look it up on uh, on the Kickstarter. Uh, while you're doing that, uh, I will remind everybody that if they don't, that they should hurry up and subscribe to Netflix because Friday. Oh yes, we get Daredevil. Yes, I cannot wait. I'm yes. contemplating calling out. It's it's going to be. <laughs> I uh, all the record now. They're going to be. <laughs> no. Well, I'll just I'll hide away in my other office and I'll just I'll stream it. The uh, no, yes. I I um I'm you know th- this week was I was a little little butthurt because I'm like there's no new Flash, no new Arrow, um, Gotham isn't back yet. They're still like, and but then I realized that these are just hours I can use for Daredevil and not worry about catching up on what I DVR'd. So th- this works out. So I am, um, I cannot wait, cannot wait. Yeah, I um, we have um, in, in my quote unquote day job, we uh we have a, a weekly investment committee meeting where all the uh, portfolio managers get together and. Uh, the, my partner, uh, who is not a comics guy, but is enamored with the fact that I am, um, <laughs> gave me an order to give a full season synopsis and report on Monday on Daredevil to everybody. Wow. Which was great and all, but I am, as you know, heading to uh, the sunny confines of Florida with my family for spring break. Uh, ergo, I don't know that I'll have the time to do that. So, have to be binge watching some Daredevil. Everyone else is asleep. I think. I think so. You know, because it's it's for work. That see, there you go. You know what I'm saying. Under we're filing it under due diligence for Netflix. So, <laughs> um, so it's the Indie Comics Expo, and uh, it's uh, it's run by our buddies at King Bone Press, created by Mister John Westoff. It was a Kickstarter, which I'm a proud backer of, but. Uh, it is taking place in conjunction with C2E2 so that people are already in town. It's being dubbed as the first annual Indie Comics Expo, which is a convention, party, and hangout all rolled into one with comics creators, food, booze, and live music uh, to be held on April 24th uh, in Chicago. Um, I know Vince has talked about there's multiple rooms. Uh, I offhand, I don't remember all the performers, but I do know that Adam Warrock will be up in the house, and I'm a big fan of, of his his uh, his nerdcore hip hop. Uh, there will be a bunch of artists set up uh, doing their thing, including most of the Kingbone Press team. You've got Slurmo, you've got John, you've got Ray Wagner, a bunch of others. So uh, definitely, if you're in the Chicago area for C2E2 anyway, um, you know it, I would definitely make uh, time to go and check out the expo at least for part of your weekend. Um, and uh, if nothing else, just to uh, say hello to some high-quality people that are making comics for the love of it. Yes. Oh, and, and one other thing. Um, uh, Wilfredo Torres yes. is uh, a um, current creator in the biz. Um, he lost uh, his wife recently, very, very sad, uh, to cancer. And Wilfredo is uh, now you know trying to... 
to move on with that and 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 he has uh, you know kids he's he's a single dad now and uh he's, you know it's a tough spot for anybody especially a freelancer that uh you know has to essentially work 16 hours a, a day that's it, a hard spot and so he's in a tough spot and our good buddy um and fellow creator Brent Schoonover um he he kind of got it, the ball rolling and 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 took the initiative to start a a, a Torres benefit initiative which has been going on for about a week week and a half now uh if you go to, to you can go to brent's website which is brentschoonover.com i believe um but also if you just go on twitter if you're a twitter fan you can just look for torres which is t-o-r-r-e-s benefit um so ha- hashtag torres benefit if you just search that you'll see tons and tons of different uh creators have uh put put up artwork for uh in honor of this um, now, many of them have have already uh, been bought or auctioned, which is great. But there are still new pieces being added all the time. I know there's still a bunch of pieces out for bid on eBay, or or you can reach out to the creators directly. All the proceeds are going to Wolfredo um, as he tries to you know uh, move on with from something that I think we you know we as married men could only can't even fathom having to to deal with. Um, so yeah, so Torres benefit and and for what it's worth, if you could also give directly. Um, I think that again, you'll be able to find the details on Twitter or Brent's site um, to to the benefit fund, or you could also buy Wilfredo's art himself from his site, which would also obviously help him. So, lots of ways to help here, and uh, certainly I, I shouldn't need to to add the disclaimer that it's it's as worthy a cause as you can find. So, um, I'm pretty stoked. I, I, I was able to uh, work out something with Jordi Belair, fellow nice. extreme. So she, you know this already, but for yes. the listener, she is going, she offered up uh, as part of her idea, because she's a colorist, was she had put on Twitter, hey, I will color, you know, uh, any any piece of art, whether it be like for your own comic or a cover or, or whatever you have, I will color it for you for a fee and, you know, the proceeds will go to Wilfredo. So I reached out to her because um, we, you know, we know her we, and, uh, you know, she's a, she's a friendly, if you will, uh, via Declan. So, long story short, um, she is going to take one of my completed jam pieces, and I am sending her a high-res scan of it, and then she's going to color that scan, and then um, you had the bright idea of, then I'm going to print on a high-quality laser printer the colored piece that she does, and then frame that alongside the original piece that, that is in black and white, and have them together. So it should be a neat, interesting experiment with color to see how that, what that does. Because I'm sort of in love with the idea of having these things colored now. Yeah. After our experiences at uh, New York Comic Con and Heroes, getting a lot of color put on them, and it just it really adds an incredible extra dimension to, to the pieces. So, so uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm pretty intrigued to see how the experiment goes. But, but this is not about me. There's lots of other things. I know Tom Fowler, who's already done. A number of commissions in honor of this has got an auction for another commission or two going right now. Um, I think Doc Shaner's piece, which is a Superman cover, just finished, I think just closed while we've been recording for 1300 bucks. I think. Um, the Periscope Studios guys, Steve Lieber and company, have a couple things auctioning, auctioning in, on eBay right now, including a pretty kick-ass Deadpool variant cover, which I may get in on. Um, so yeah, lots of cool stuff. Again, it's Torres Benefit is the hashtag, or you can go to Brent's website or uh, or Google it. If you Google it, most of the major 
comics media sites have written an article up about it, about it too, and, and we'll have links to uh, you know various and sundry ways that you can contribute. Yes. So, in your travels, sir. Oh man. Um, I I didn't get to read really anything new new for this week. Um, I mentioned it in passing already, and it's one of those things where uh, it it is a big two. I'm not going to call it an event, um, but it's interesting, and and you hear the speculation of, uh, you know, oh, because of the movies, Marvel doesn't want anything to do with the Fantastic Four or the mutants. And um, there's just, it's, uh, the stories are going to suffer in the comics because of of what they're trying to do in the movies, which I don't agree with. I I don't subscribe to that theory. But what's interesting to me is you have a crossover between the Guardians of the Galaxy and the X-Men. Two franchises that are that have movies from two different studios. So it's not like they're really going to meet <laughs> on the screen anytime soon. But it's um, it's the Black Vortex written by Brian Michael Bendis and uh, and and company and it has um, it goes around uh, it there's a um, uh, Black Vortex Alpha, which kicks it off, and you have a um, it. The, the checklist is basically um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Legendary Star Lord, All New X Men, Guardians Team Up for an issue or two, um, and uh, Cyclops, Captain Marvel, and it's. Your chances are, if you're reading Guardians of the Galaxy, you're probably already getting. Star-Lord, you're probably getting Cyclops if you've been reading all new X-Men from the beginning because it's just where the character spun off to uh, with his dad early on. So uh, there's an issue of Nova. So it's just, it it you're not going to get Spider-Man showing up in, in this crossover or Captain America. These are, these are the two teams. These are the characters. Uh, the art has been absolutely fantastic. The, uh, the legendary Star-Lord issue has art by uh, Paco Medina, and it is gorgeous. The uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy issue was um, uh, the... I'm going to mispronounce the name. Um, the Shetty? It's... Um, oh, uh, Skeety. Thank you, yes. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that, that looked... That was another one that was just... It was gorgeous. It's... Uh, it's uh, the colors was, was Jason Keith, but I mean the the Gamora in this event is uh, especially when um, she looks in the mirror. And this is you know it it's all about Star Lord and basically thwarting his father, um, aka Mister Knife. I, I've missed a couple issues of of Guardians of the Galaxy, so I don't really know when that happened. But it's um, it's it's a clever and witty event or crossover especially with the uh when you have the younger x-men uh again especially with with bobby drake they what i really enjoyed about this is when they the black vortex is involved this this mirror 
when you look and you, you basically become, um, you get a sense of your, your true self or, or, or the power you can, the power within. And you, when these, when our heroes are looking in the mirror, the image that came to my mind were those old annuals with new mutants and uncanny X-Men drawn by Art Adams where nice. like Sunspot and Cannonball were the older oh, versions. Yeah. That's exactly what I felt when I was reading this. Mm. That just, that hammered that. That's oh, the highest praise right there. Dude, it's, I, I, I just, I close my eyes and I see the new mutants all grown up and you have, mm. and because it's Art Adams and the women were fine, you had Danny look, oh, it was, but that, when they're, especially with the art, with Skeety's art, with Medina's art, when you, when, when, when Gamora, especially when Angel or, or Furry Beast, when, when they become powerful, uh, it just, it, it brought me back to that, especially Angel. It just, it, it's, again, it, it goes back to that Spider-Gwen scenario for me where we're getting our heroes tweaked and, 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 uh, just an alternate version, which whether this is a version that sticks around, just just the idea that that it's it's out there and and see it in action. It, it that's that's comics to me. This is what I love. That's it. Black Vortex. Read it. Respect. So I, in your travels, I'm going to bust out something. I have a big stack of single issues that I bought. That we're all waiting in a in a in a subset of my gigantic Rougine pile, and making matters worse, uh, you and Vince read them as they were coming out and talked about them on the show uh, in so many different iterations that uh, I, I figured I had to wait a while until I brought it back up. But uh, enough time has passed, and I finally sat down and read. The first of the four issue miniseries that are all connected, and I'm talking about uh, Fire and Stone uh, Prometheus. Oh, nice. Yeah, or Prometheus Fire and Stone, I guess, is the actual uh, formal name. Written by Mr. Paul Tobin with art by Juan Ferreira, Ferreira, which is a, a definite uh, favorite of Vince's of late. Um, I don't want to rehash. You guys have dug into this a lot. I, I will say... Um, that I enjoyed this a lot. I, I think it's both an apt direct sequel to the film Prometheus mm-hmm. as well as satisfying in the sense that it just overtly ties in uh, Prometheus to to the Aliens movies, which I, I think anyone that's seen Prometheus would have a hard time arguing that it wasn't meant to be connected to it, but this overtly connects them. Right. Um you know, is it flawed? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there, there are things, but, but in the same way that all the Alien movies are flawed. I mean, there, there is always some component to a horror movie uh, or a sci-fi movie that's, or often I shouldn't say always, but often that that, that kind of leave you head scratching if you really dissect it enough. And this is not without those moments, right? There, are, there are those moments where you're like, why are they doing that, or, or why did he make that decision, or how stupid can they be? But, but that said, I, I thought it really did. F- fit right into the same setting and the same vibe and the the, the it's it's definitely 
belongs in in that universe. And as a fan of the films, even Prometheus, I, I fully acknowledge that it's an extremely flawed film, but I enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was terrific. I, I, I love what Ferreira does with this idea that, um, I mean, we've always known that the xenomorphs were super resilient life forms that essentially leveraged the indigenous species and and and... Uh, and the DNA of those species to to become uh, efficient killers uh, on on those planets. We've always known that, but to see it in new lights here, to see this primordial ooze where you know things are just forming out of it, and and there's there's alien sharks, and there's there's these little alien ants. I mean, it's just crazy, and it really does uh, in a way that maybe the films never even really did. It really illustrates the evolutionary power of of the xenomorph and that it it's it's just impossible to think that you're ever going to wipe this these kind of things off the off the face of the of of the of of the known universe right i mean they're just going to survive and likely outlast almost any other species mm-hmm. um so yeah i dug it man i dug it a lot uh, i uh you know i i don't have what want to say too much more other than it just it felt like a very fitting continuation of the of the mythology um um, and if we were talking about it, the three of us for 20, 30 minutes, there's lots of stuff I could nitpick or say, why did they make this decision? But, but in the aggregate, just like with the films, I, I, I do think that it's fair to say that I enjoyed it a lot and I'm happy to have read it. Respect. Yeah. So, so there you have it. And once again, don't forget to support our sponsor, discount comic book service, dcbservice.com. Uh, again, you could get 35% off at a minimum, all the way up to 75% off. And uh, it's a good chance that at least half your order is going to be 50% off because that seems to be the standard fare these days. Yeah, You can get bundles like if you are kind of interested in the, in the post-Secret Wars Marvel or the post-Convergence DC. You can get bundles from DCPS that get you 50% off all these issues. If you just want to try all the number ones, you can do that. If you're more into uh, kids' bundles, they have those. They have Valiant bundles. They have Image bundles. There's all kinds of bundles. So lots of different ways that you can save extra uh, and get plenty O comics to fill your reading desires. For real. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you've heard of this and, and have gotten this far, then you know where you can get these episodes. But if you want to tell your friends, you can uh, tell them to hit us up on iTunes, where everybody can also leave reviews, or Stitcher, um, the website, the Facebooks. You can find us on. You can find Jason and I on Twitter. We're uh, we are around. You can't. Uh, you cannot miss us. And eleven o'clock comics dot com is the site for the forum. And uh, that is pretty much it. That'll do it. So as long as David didn't uh, totally drop the ball. We'll find we'll, out. We'll, he'll have this episode posted, and you'll be listening to it soonish. It's not. It's not going to happen twenty minutes after we say goodnight. But it already will, slacking. Uh, yep. Hey, there's only one Vince. I'm not even going to try to do what he does. I expect it to be posted by the time I'm done with the Walking Dead finale. <laughs> You're watching that after this. Yep. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I got an empty house, dude. Why is the house empty? Where's They're everybody? In Florida. They, they already went? Yeah, man. Oh, shit. They're off this week. They bounced. 
He said, bye, Felicia Day. Hi, Dad. That's yeah. Us. Yeah. They're like, we'll see you on Friday, Dad. <laughs> so, but you'll yeah. be here next week. I will be. I Like I said, they're, they're down there all this week. And uh, then I go down Friday. We'll all be back Tuesday night. So Okay. All right. Good. 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 Yeah. I'm going to do the universal join up for a couple of days. Still need to get there. Yeah, they just all rewatched all the Harry Potter films in anticipation, so they're all fired up. All right. Have you been to the Disney parks since the Marvel merge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, sir. Good times. Excellent. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, we're not doing Disney this time because we, I mean, we've done that like two of the last three years, but we, uh, we are going to hit downtown Disney at night, which is a, a good time. That's but, cool. Yeah. But uh, no, we're, we're we're Harry. Po- it's all about the Harry Potter this trip, all right. and the roller coasters. Because now both Colin and Jackson are old enough to, uh, or tall enough, I should say, to ride all the roller coasters. So we'll be we'll be hitting that up too. No, that ain't me. No, no, I can't do roller coasters. I'm not, I'm not oh, keen on heights. This... Oh yeah, I don't like heights either. But yeah, that's what makes it eat. fun. Nah, it's all right. I like to... <laughs> feet on the ground. I'll keep reaching for the stars, but that's about it. All right. Night, everybody. Peace. Peace. We'll see Vince next week. I know you all are hemorrhaging. Seriously, I know. If if you lasted these two hours, then we'll have a drink. But it's oh, uh, it, it's we'll we'll make sure we'll 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 do our best to get Vince back to you all safe and sound. He'll be back. I mean, you figure it's fifty-two weeks out of the fifty-two of the year. I it, we're okay to give him a night off, but. It's, yep, but you, you you guys deserve a break too, so it, it'll be all right. Exactly, exactly. Later, y'all. Peace.
Let's go! I just got here! 